Good morning. Good morning, uh, listeners. How are you today? This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to Florida Keys a little late, a Wednesday after Memorial Day weekend. Yep, we had a Memorial Day weekend here like you did in the rest of the country. Uh, for our foreign listeners, it's a day, uh, Monday is a day we uh, commemorate all the men and women who have fallen that served this country in the armed forces. And we celebrate it by opening, making it the, uh, we do that Tuesday. Let's see, to try to couch my comments. We decide to do it, make it the opening of our summer vacation season. I mean, if you were a fan of the movies, listeners around the world, And all you knew about the United States was the information you got from movies. And from one of the biggest movies, about 46 years, well, 42 years ago was, well, no, 46 years ago? Around that. was Jaws. And the opening of the summer season was July 4th, I think. In Amity, uh, the township of Amity, on Long Island, is it off Long Island? They had to get, you know, people had to get there by ferry. You see that ferry come in, and everyone comes off. It's they're they're on an island, and you'd think to like, oh, well, that's the opening. Well, that's the opening of the summer season for those guys for what, like a month and a half. It's a short season. But on the East Coast, from, I have to say, Georgia on north, even then, even Myrtle Beach, I guess it's the opening season, the summer season. If you think about it, the beaches in Florida, once you roll into April, the beaches are almost all open weather-wise. I mean, you still get some cool weather in the panhandle, but we... In the Keys, we're open all year round. There's only a couple days where it's too chilly for that. So Memorial Day is ours. And it's not, you know, they do some memorializing. You see it more on the national level, state level, local level, the VFWs and things like that. But our big patriotic holidays are Memorial Day and July 4th. And then you have Flag Day. I guess that's a little less than two weeks from now. June 14th. Neither here nor there. Memorial Day is not a huge weekend in the Keys. It's a big one because you got locals. When I say locals, people in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, people that come down here for the weekend. You start getting the, the weekend crowd coming down here, the vacation rental crowd. We see a lot of out-of-the-area travelers, but not as much as we do the rest of the year. I think the people that have vacation rentals are just renting their places out. Since they're in South Florida, they're not that crazy. I don't get that because it's some beautiful weather down here. And people that own properties, they rent, they rent their properties when we're in the nicest weather. I guess the last couple of weeks have been this some of the most beautiful weather we had down here. The nights have been relatively cu- uh, cool. 
cure. I was going to say cure. And it's just because I'm going live in the morning doesn't make it a long morning show. Hey, Dad, it's the morning show. Here for your ride. You know? We don't do that here, even though uh, most places don't do that. I, think it, I, I don't want to be derivative, but I did want to talk about that morning ride. The morning ride meaning or coming down here in the morning. Memorial Day. To get back to it. I know. I'm all spotty. What's going on? I'm drinking my coffee and stuff like that. I'm forgetting the line of the reasoning behind here. And later on, I want to talk about Peloton. As a spin instructor, non-Peloton instructor. Obviously, if I was a Peloton instructor, I would be in Miami or L.A. or wherever they have the, the studios, the spin studios, where they have live spinners and their instructors. So, Memorial Day for a lot of places, especially like the Jersey Shore, imagine like Ocean City, New Jersey, Virginia Beach, all these places, and I guess in different other places. I, I know East Coast mainly. I don't know the West Coast. I'm not familiar necessarily with the way of the people, the lake regions up in New England or central part of the United States near Great Lakes. But Memorial Day weekend, a lot of people come out, and I never understand that thing about everyone going out like I understand if you have a family event like down here when there's a lot of people getting together and the reason they pick Memorial Day weekend because it's a three-day weekend and this way you can throw in a big event on Sunday so people come down and they get together and stuff like that yes when you when you have to coincide the same and it's not a big enough special event like a wedding where a wedding you could take off you might take off in the middle of the week if someone's having a destination wedding, like in Key Largo. Yeah, it makes sense. Say, hey, save the date. We're having a big wedding down here, and it's going to be on a Wednesday or a Monday. Because, you know, you got to pick and choose its availability and stuff like that, especially when you're in a resort town. Not everything's on a Saturday or Saturday night. And plus, it's hard to book for those things when it's not off-season. Not exactly off-season right now. So here we are. We got Memorial Day weekend. We don't know what, what to expect. We naturally expect a little more business than normal. It turned out to be a little less than normal. We had some weird things going on, like on, was it Sunday night? With Sunday night, 15 minutes before closing, we get approximately 50% of our total seating between... 15 minutes and closing. Closing is more of a target time. Obviously, when you get a bunch of people seated at a quarter of you're not closing at your closing time. We're staying open to feed them. <clears throat> and then we're t- catching people. It's like after 20 minutes after closing, we're catching people in the parking lot saying, hey, listen, we'd love to do it, but we keep on going through the night. And people say, well, Jim, you know, it was COVID was going on. Don't you want to stay open? Yes. You do want to stay open, but there's only a limited amount of help you have, and you can't you can't just burn out. You just can't keep your kitchen staff there. And I this is my personal feeling. It's hard to find. It's harder to find people in the back of the house than it is to find people in front of the house, especially in the summer. Back of the house 
it is grueling. It's long hours. We don't. We like a lot of restaurants don't have the depth in the back of the house. So what they do is they limit their hours and they just say, "Hey, people, you know, this is when you got to come. We have to do this then because otherwise we're going to work. You got to shave off a couple hours here in order not to burn out your help." Like I said, the front of the house doesn't burn out as easily. Not because they're tougher or better people. It's because they are compensated directly by an increase in business that necessitates you to stay open. So it's no big fucking deal. You know, for them, they go, hey, listen, well, I'm going to be walking out with like 30%, 40% more cash in my pocket. And that's the way it was. We had a busy night. And then it kind of, the rest of, you know, Monday night, nothing. And I'm going in today, uh, I guess, to manage. If there's any listeners in the area, I'll be, I won't be bartending, but I will be there in and out. Uh, And then I'll be bartending at night. And that's the catch restaurant in Key Largo. Oceanside, mile marker 102, the catch restaurant and bar with happy hour from 3.30 to 6.30, open for lunch and dinner. Uh, a lot of selections when it comes to seafood and non-seafood dishes. And if you have your own catch, please have it clean before you come in. You know, filleted and clean, and they'll cook it up any way you want. And if you do come in, and it's because of the show, tell them the Keys bartender sent you. And just say hello. I like to meet my listeners sometimes. Okay, back to that. So... There was a, a decent amount of traffic coming. We did see the traffic. We saw a lot of boats. We saw a lot of cars. But we also saw a lot of people, a lot of traffic going out. So people are understanding, what does it mean? What, what, kind, of, what kind of business are we going to have there? What amount of business are we going to have in the Keys? And everyone has their own theory. Like assholes, everyone has one, Right. Mine is that there was pent up demand and we were getting it anyway. We were open. We were getting it. We were just getting it. Just like a person of questionable, let's say, sexual morality gets to get all the dances at the big dance. We were that libertine type place where we say, we'll take all comers. We were open, open for business. So it was busy down here and restaurants and hotels and lodgings and stuff like that are charging incredible amounts. Now I can see the money start, the the room rates are starting to fall down again. I get get to see them in the the 150, 130, 140, the lower end hotels. But you still see the bigger ones. There's a little lag on the bigger ones where you see six, seven hundred dollars a night. Yes, $600, $700 a night. Some more exclusive ones, over 1000 bucks. But that's, you're seeing that less and less. Now it's more three, dollars $400 a night, which is, for a premium hotel, still kind of expensive, right? I guess if you're in the central part of the United States, 300 bucks a night, 400 bucks a night, 500 bucks a night. That was a good price. That was, those prices you, you heard were good prices for mediocre lodging. Now you can get two, three hundred and these are places like no insult 
and I may never get it, but, you know, the Motel 6 or the Nights Inn, those motels that you see when you're driving down the interstate, doing your long road trip, and you see, wow, I remember, I don't know if they're still around like that, but you see these hotels saying $59 a night, $49 a night. You figure they can get some clean sheets and get the room a little clean. What is that? But, they, you know, that's not the case. Every time I stayed in a place, when there's lower-end motels, I realized at night that, you know, I get all itchy. I think about bed bugs. And it's just, you know, a lot of these places just have these moldy smells to them. The, the, the bathrooms aren't that hot. You know what I mean? You think how much if someone's spending forty forty nine dollars a night, how much you how much time are you setting your housekeeping in? They're in there in ten minutes. They vacuum, they clean up any excess bodily fluid on the uh, on the floors, on the ceilings, on the wall, right? Oh forget you don't want to hear about the comforter or the the uh, the bread spread on top of the uh uh those questionable beds. You know, sometimes I feel like you got to bring like a plastic liner sheet in order, you know, and you got to be careful of your clothes, keeping your clothes. You got to keep, maybe keep your clothes in your, in a bag, sealed bag, one of those vacuum bags so you don't have to worry about getting any type of uh, parasite I'm grossing you out if you're traveling, aren't I? Obviously, if that's what you normally you normally expect, like if you're one of these people that stop in those places all the time, it doesn't bother you. But some people, those shitty hotel rooms are kind of skeevy, right? And they're and they're good for one thing: for they're flop houses. You go there, you don't. I mean. They, you don't do it. It's not a keynote of your vacation. But some people do do it. When you go across country, they say, oh, that's where we're staying. We're staying in $49 a night motels or $59 a night. What's, I guess the $69 a night hotel rooms are used to be the $49 hotel rooms from years ago. But, and I made this mistake. If you don't, if you don't travel much in a while, you could be confused by the pricing system. Just look around and look at the hotel rooms and you say, if the if the local best, if you go to a town and the Best Western is $69 a night and the, uh, what did it say? What's that? The Marriott, the high-end Marriott is $200 a night. You you could go thinking, well, that's the normal prices. You got that's the price range, sixty nine to two hundred dollars for a good room, sixty nine for a bad room. But down here, that equation changed over those last couple months, the last year. It was like the low end place. You'd be lucky if you get one hundred and thirty bucks a night. That's questionable lodgings down here, one hundred and thirty, one hundred and twenty a night. You know, spotty housekeeping, spotty maintenance. If you go up and pull the shades, the shades fucking fall down on you. 
the uh, towels are smaller, not that heavy duty apply. See how they towel you find at a a, a towel you find at a YMCA. It's kind of it's kind of rough on the outside, and you don't know why is it rough because maybe they used it to clean up some, like I said once again bodily fluids. But you got these shitty towels that are like number three sandpaper. Maybe soap in there, maybe not. You'd have to bring your own soap, or you have to go to the motel reception and uh, reception in the main lobby get a hotel of uh, the get a soap. I wouldn't get toothpaste. I mean, you never know. In a place, you may have like a big communal thing where they refill the toothpaste tubes themselves. I've never seen that yet, but I see that in the future maybe. You say, hey, listen, we have it, but we don't give you brand new tubes of toothpaste. We just give you these little plastic tubes that we fill with toothpaste. You can get three brushes out of it. Crazy idea. Stupid idea. Right? But... Hey, how about you spend a little extra time cleaning the room? I'd rather just give you 10 more minutes to clean the bathroom and stuff like that. They use a shitload of bleach and stuff like that to get in there. But yeah, down here, until recently, and when I say recently, last week, if you found a room down here for under 150 bucks, check under the bed for uh, a dead uh, sex worker or uh, look to see if there's any crime tape around the scene. Okay? Around the room. Because that's what you're going to get. That's the kind of quality you're going to get. Boy, I'm not going to get another... Once again, I think this year I'm not going to get another offer from the Tourism Development Council. But that's the way it is. How can you fucking ignore it? It's not like, hey, Jim, don't say that. Our shitty hotels are a secret. Well, you don't have to stay in a shitty hotel. It's, it's, you know, it's the law of supply and demand. So if you raise your prices too high, then you'll notice that the rooms aren't being booked. And I think that I'm starting to see that when I just took a look down for this weekend or this week. And you, it's taking a little longer for the bigger hotels. They're, they can't just crash their prices. I like calling it crash their prices. If you were charging 800 bucks a night and all of a sudden you roll out 230 it becomes apparent when you're talking to someone and say, well, listen, I stayed here le- last week and it was 800 bucks. Now I'm coming back again. It's 230 bucks." You may have not known that the hotel lodging industry really does reflect surge pricing. And someone mentioned to me, why don't they do surge pricing in restaurants? And they kind of do it down here because I heard of one of the local places down here that also has entertainment, but it's also primarily a restaurant, charge 10 bucks a head. And they said, the guy that works in the kitchen, the chef, he said they got $8,000 off the door. $8,000. Holy crap. You know how many restaurants would die for that? 
$8,000, and there's no way, I didn't even ask if he had a band or not. But if he did, the kind of bands that are down here, at most they paid 1500 bucks. So, my God, another grand for extra security. You know, you may have like five, six guys, which may be woeful. But that's eight, 800 people during the course of the night. That doesn't mean they're all there at one time. They may have had like 300 and something people at a time. But they're charging a cover. And that's kind of like a governor, isn't it? It keeps people on. They say, we're not paying 10 bucks. We're coming to eat. We're going to spend 200 bucks. Why am I going to pay 10 bucks for a cover charge? Well, there you go. But the other surge pricing, someone mentioned to me, saying, listen, if it's like at 9 o'clock, let's say you're closing kind at 10, and then people want to come in after 10 o'clock and say, maybe surge pricing would be 50%. If someone decides they want to come later, <sighs> crazy idea, yeah. And you say, listen, all the extra surge pricing offsets the people in the back of the house, the people that aren't compensated, right? And say, yes, uh, when they come in, that chicken parmesan dinner is seventeen ninety five normally, goes up to twenty six ninety five. And we're going to take 25% of that and directly compensate our people in the back, create a pool. So if it came in late with the surge pricing, I mean, people may not stand for that, but they have the choice to say, listen, our normal hours, we can call it surge. That would be the name of it, S-U-R-G-E. Maybe tie it to like storm surge. Say, listen, if, if you come in at four o'clock, these are the prices. At peak time, when everyone wants to sit down. So you make your baseline, let's say, 4 o'clock. And then you surge the price around 7 to 8.30. Let's say your closing time's 10. And you bring the surge pricing back down the, the regular price after 8.30 for the next hour. And then the last, at the closing, you have the optional say, listen, then surge pricing goes up 50%. And if you want to stay later, if you're sitting at the table, if the closing time was 10 and you're still sitting there at 8.30, I mean 10 and 11.30, say 10% of your bill every time you sit there. And this way you can have Let's say you can keep your cost in hand. You say, listen, we're going to roll back prices to our 1995 prices at 4 o'clock from 4 to 6, 30, 4 to 7. And then we go back up to our regular prices. How's that? Just an idea. And then you're taking care of your, if, if you end up staying longer and stuff like that. You know the people in the front of the house will be making extra money anyway. With surge pricing, hopefully people will tip accordingly with the 15%. And they know ahead of time. They know that's the gimmick. They don't really understand. People never understand the new, you know, new gimmicks. They didn't really understand Uber. What do you mean? I'm going to order a taxi with my phone? 
and you're going to tell me when it's arriving and then I don't give the person money I give I, I give the information to someone uh, I have my payment information online and they pay and I don't even no transaction really occurs and stuff the first time they came out they, people couldn't even wrap their heads around it obviously young people did it but older people they're still you know they're now they're finally figuring out Uber you ever tell you, one of your older relatives talking to figure out Uber well like I said, the holiday weekend wasn't that crazy busy. We had a crazy lunch on Sunday. Decent decent business Sunday night. You know, all the crowded together. And a Monday, uh, not so hot. You know, we, Memorial Day. I see one of those holidays the, that you're supposedly honoring those that passed. And it's on a Monday. They should put make the Monday... The day they give you off, and Sunday, the day they observe it. Because on Monday, nothing really happens. People are heading home. They make it the holiday. So they're really doing the observation the rest of the weekend, if you understand what I'm saying. And during that, I worked all weekend during this. I mean, it wasn't a hardship, I didn't miss out. I do my shit. I do my shit. People go like this and they go, oh, you had to work the whole weekend. I said, well, yeah. What would you do? Would I stay out there with you knuckleheads? Every place was packed. When I say packed, I mean every tourist venue. Like the sandbar, fishing spots. There was tons of boats out there, stuff like that. If you go out today, which is gorgeous, probably nicer than any day this weekend, there's no one out there. Now, today's normally my day off. I got to go in there to do some management stuff, but that's no big deal to me. Uh, I did. I had yesterday off. It was a beautiful day there. I enjoyed my, my day off. I did a little recovery from my physical exertions. I went to the gym. Uh, I forgot to tell you, while I was, I think it was Monday night, I'm working, and one of my former regulars who also was the the woman it was a married couple the woman used to come to my spin class she and her daughter and I'm a spin instructor part time and I just started doing the classes again and I mentioned to her she she ends up she's working at the same uh, part she works full time for who I work part time the, uh, the health um, uh, the Baptist South. I can say that. I'm not going to say. So I'm, I'm back to doing my class, at least one class a week. I may end up doing two. And she, I talked to her. I said, oh, yeah, I'm doing a class. just started a class two, two weeks ago. And she goes, oh, I've been doing spin too. But I've been doing it on a, I bought a Peloton. I love my Peloton. And I go, oh, that's funny. I was just right in my made the connection. I go, wow, I'm a spin instructor. And she chooses to do the remote Peloton. And she didn't see it as I, I saw it and I started laughing and I said, Oh really? And stuff like that. I said, I'm that similar that's similar to than uh, oh let's say a woman going saying, Listen, hey hon, I know you've been away. I've I haven't had access to our physical intimacy, 
talk about the woman saying that. So I bought a vibrator, dildo, and uh, let me say something. The um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, there's so much. I mean, I, I get so much fulfillment out of it. So, and then you hear him gush for like, gush, uh, pun, kind of funny. I said that, but uh, they go on about how much they love their vibrator slash dildo, meaning that your penis is no longer needed or isn't as fun. And that's the way I viewed it, like when, when I heard that. But I viewed it in humor and, and I said thank you to her. And she started apologizing. But I guess from their point of view, they saw me obsessing over that her answer to my statement. That wasn't a question. I'm doing my spin class again. And then she goes, I got a Peloton and I love it. Unsolicited. An unsolicited endorsement of that. And I go, well, and then I told her, and then she just thought I was insulted. And I said, I wasn't insulted. First of all, the woman's a sweetheart. And I said, I understand it completely. I just think it's, I think it was, I thought it was funny. And I enjoyed the premise of it more than, I didn't take personal, I didn't take it personally. Luckily, I think the thing that makes me different from other people is I don't identify just as a bartender slash spin instructor. Remember, I'm doing this right now, podcasting. I know that's probably, is that number four as I identify myself? And uh, <clears throat> I also am a notary. I do signing services for mortgage loan closings, refinances, and I do weddings and all these different things, power of attorneys. And usually I have some other side gig. So when someone makes a suggestion, I'm not at the top of my game in any of these games. Or avocations or vocations, like bartending. I can always fall back and say that's not the only thing I am. Even though on the show, the title of the show being Keys Bartender... It's it's just means I'm a bartender. That's my primary job, and I live in the Keys, and the perspective from the Florida Keys, and I give updates, you know, about traffic, about crazy crimes that go on, and there hasn't been a crazy crime or anything like that. But I can understand that Peloton being big, places like this. We don't have tons of spin studios here. There's two of them in the Upper Keys. There's two of them. There's one at. The it's funny because if you think about it, until you get down to Marathon, Florida, fifty miles, there's not another one for thirty-five miles. I guess about I guess about thirty-five, uh, forty miles from each location. Uh, where well, from each location, the two spin studios in the Upper Keys are either at Mariner's Hospital, the Wellness Center, or Froggy's. Uh, gym and these two gyms are within 300 yards of each other I think that's approximately 300 yards and that's where your two spin classes you have in the upper keys 
So if you like spin and you don't want to travel, I mean, you could be in the Ocean Reef, which is the gated community to the north of me, about 20, you might have to travel an hour. An hour. I mean, you can go up to the mainland, go south, or actually, I guess they have spin classes in Ocean Reef. Not the same because they got to care. They got to wear certain clothes. And I think they have to teach with khaki pants on and shit like that. I'm in no danger of losing any endorsements for from Ocean Reef at this time. But what I am saying is, if you don't have access to it, it's like, like Amazon. Why would someone put like a target down here? Oh, there's my dog. She's up. She just ran by my, our little eight pound Two wow wow uh, terrier mix dog. She she gets up around ten after eight, goes to her day bed from her night bed. Her na- night bed's the same as our night bed. She just likes to sleep with us, and then all of a sudden she gets up and goes to another bed. What a fucking life, right? So I'm back to talking about spin and Amazon and stuff like that. If you have access, why would you put a store down here? let's say Target, and the locals are so used to not being having access immediately to things, and then all of a sudden you have Amazon all of a sudden, you know, 20-something years in the making. Uh, Amazon is shipping anything you want down within two days. Or you can take two hours out of your life and drive up to the mainland. Now, there's some things you have to get in the mainland like if you want to go to one of those big warehouse stores, you have to go to the mainland. Just not enough to, um, population down here for the mainland. Or you can order online. It's like spin class. I can spend an hour, hour and a half traveling back and forth to go to spin class. Even though we only have 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Or I can have a Peloton bike and do the spin class right in the house. I understand the equation there. I'm not insulted by them. I mean, some people, if that's your main thing you do, I have people that, that they identified 50% of what they are outside of who they are is what they do. And if their main thing they do is a spin instructor, I would be very defensive about a remote application where you have these fitness models and they look like fitness models, nice looking people with a lot of enthusiasm, stuff like that, are doing these live classes, streaming for people. And then down here in, in the Keys, I guess sometimes you don't get, the, you know, streaming, uh, the internet is interrupted. So, you, you know, that may be a problem. That's a side note, side note. Sorry about that. But, yeah. If I identify primarily as a spin instructor, I would definitely feel a little challenged or a little, what would you, I don't even know what the word would be, but it would be kind of like if I got my next door neighbor moved in and some dude moved in next door and he's like 30 years old. Sculpted to the bronze, sculpted to the max, you know, perfect shape, handsome guy. And my wife's, and he's sunning himself out front all the time. I just see my woman, uh, my woman staring out the window. 
Yeah, there'd be some jealousy going on. Right? But Peloton to me is as, as if, yeah, it's a better looking dude. He's 25 years younger than me. That's that's it, you know. But he doesn't have any conversational skills. Not that these Peloton structures don't have conversational skills, but how personal can they get with people, and how fun can they be when they when they have like twenty people in class and three hundred people remotely? I mean, it's got to be interesting. I want to see how that happens. I would love to do. I would love to do one of their classes. I wonder if they get qualified and go do. Um, I wonder if I'd get kicked out of Mad Dog if I did that. I should go to Peloton and say, hey, are you looking for an older instructor? I'm not quite with the walker routine yet, but, you know, I can do a lot of those things they do on there. And maybe they can put a little makeup on me or something, like a little tan. You know, the funny thing, I get get back to this thing on both Peloton and Spin. There's people that come to the class and they're wearing biking gear. They wear this biking pants and all that stuff. And those biking pants and things like that, this where you have the shirts, that's mainly for people that are road racing. And there's a reason they make that equipment for the road racing. They make it so... You have a, a sleek design, so there's not a lot of resistance on you. And it's easy to, you know, open up and vent if you, you know, a lot of heat. You got the zipper in the front and all that stuff. But in a spin class, you're doing this 45 minutes. You just get, for, at most, maybe an hour. I've done classes over two hours long. Where a marathon class. Yeah, a little, you know, an hour and a half marathon class, two hour mar- marathon class. But you you wear comfortable clothing because you're going to get up to warm quick, and then you just maintain it. You're not there's not going to be the temperature's not going to drop. It only drops at the end when you stop exerting yourself. It's not like you're going in the mountains of the Alps where there's going to be a 20, 20 degree drop in temperature. You know, usually in those spin rooms you're going to be uh, starting out kind of cool, but then you get warmed up and you're going to be warm and stuff like that. So you don't need these clothing, this special clothing, you to reduce drag because there's no drag. You're stationary. You just need stuff that reduces the amount of abrasion on your legs. You don't want to wear bearing shorts that cause, cause that. And uh, so they get all dressed up and they look like they're going to be going on the Tour de France. You're not going to Tour de France. It's an indoor cycling class. That's the reason why it almost looks like a yoga outfit. I don't wear a yoga outfit. I wear pretty much the same outfit that I wear for when I'm weightlifting. You know, shorts, uh, Under Armour shirt. Just because when I sweat, it wicks away from my body. And it, I don't want to get too deep, deep in that. But... I understand the feeling, get back to it, the convenience of wanting Peloton over that. I enjoyed, there's there's other dynamics that are going on when it comes to uh, group fitness classes. There's camaraderie, the people that you, uh, some people go to spin class, they want to be seen as going to spin class. They want to come in contact with the other people 
because that's what they do. And it's part of the commitment, getting up and doing that. And when you have other people around you, you're kind of making yourself, um, what's that word? Where you, you have to be able to put out, I mean, put out the exertion. You know, it's very rare. I've had people come into class for the first time and they go into spin class and realize it's not for them. But they never give it a chance. <laughs> they don't They don't take their time, ease their way into it. They just come in and say, oh my God, it's just busting my balls. This fucking sucks. I'm going to get out of it. And they, just, they get off the bike and they leave. Confirming whatever they thought in the beginning. Or maybe not. I didn't know what they had in their head. They thought, well, it's riding a bike. How hard is that? And they're doing it and said, I can't do any of these things. I can't do it. I can't stand up on my bike and get up this. I, I don't feel comfortable. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to maintain the pacing with the other people. Right? They, I just can't do it. So they get up and they leave. Same thing can happen in Peloton. You just go and walk, walk away. You can turn it off and say, I'm done. And then you'll become, I mean, how many Pelotons out there are really $3,000 clothes hangers? People get on those things and they just never go back. They say, I'm going to go, I'm going to ride that bike all the time. No, you're not. And riding a bicycle is different. You get to see things and stuff like that. And obviously, when if you really get into Peloton, you get to use other instructors and stuff like that. And there is a challenge. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, matter of fact, fuck, I should be getting paid by Peloton for doing this commercial. Hmm. That would be interesting. Maybe I should be talking to Peloton about it. The guy that invented Peloton or came up with the concept is uh, grew up uh, down here. I think in Amarada. It could be in, you know, one of those local folklore, but that's it. So we're 42 minutes. I know. It's Wednesday and it's my first class. My first class. My first show. What am I going to do? I'm going to try to do another show. See if I can get one, you know, peel one out before I go into work. But I do appreciate you for listening. Uh, If you do like us, follow us on Facebook. That's Keys Bartender on Facebook or Keys Bartender on Instagram or Keys Bartender on Twitter. And interact with me. If you interact with me, I'll interact back. Come on. If you're a follower, why don't you say something? Pop up and say hi today. There you go. If you're a follower, I just want to see here a hello. And I'm not expecting one of those phony accounts to come in there with the hot Instagram models that say, hi, how are you? I'm looking for a relationship. I'm not looking for a relationship. When I, say, I am, I am kind of looking for a relationship. If the relationship is podcaster to listener. I'm looking, uh, I'm not looking for a girlfriend on the internet who wants to send me, send her money. Or him. It's almost always a guy. It's so funny when you see it. You see, they get um, people, they grab a couple screenshots and they put these, create these dummy accounts. And look at it. As soon as there's like only two pictures and there's no comments and stuff like that, I realize it's a dummy account. I'm not going to go to it. 
It's not that beautiful women don't listen to the show. They do. But I don't get an account just of a beautiful woman say, hey, listen, is this guy 50? He's about to be 58 years old. This older bartender, as a thing, I'm going to follow him, and I think he's hot. I'm going to, I want to be in a relationship with him. Oh, he's not a millionaire, but I don't care. You know, I just want to. No, no, it doesn't work like that. I know that. I, I am self-aware that I am not going to get an unsolicited, a uh, unsolicited friend or conversation. On the on the, one of the social networks, that it's not going to come to me, and they're saying they're going to be in their late twenties, mid thirties, and and they're going to say, "Oh, I'm just looking for a relationship," and you look like perfectly. You're married. You're married with not a lot of money. Oh, you're perfect relationship for me. First of all, I don't know why they would want to. I, if that was true, I I value my. T- um, my attraction. I have value in a relationship, but that's not, I mean, maybe it's a big world out there. Maybe there's a lot of people. Maybe there's one, that's the one thing that person wants. I want to get in a relationship with a guy who doesn't have a lot of money and is older and probably no hopes of ever, anything ever happening. Maybe that's, they're, they're dreaming of that. But you know what? Most of the times it's in an alternate world income stream for these people that make uh, try to make friends with people try to get money from them and I understand people needing money and stuff like that but you know I'm not going to do it under those auspices but I still it's all right to pop up and say hi come on and say hi and the first thing you should say is I'm a listener if you happen to be a 22-year-old girl in South Beach, Miami, and you have a bunch of string bikini shots, and you look to be a Playboy model, don't pop up and just say hello. Say, hello, I'm a listener to your show, because then I'll believe you. Also, if you're like a 40-year-old guy, you say, hello, I'll assume that you're a listener. You don't have to say, I'm a listener, because I'll assume that you are a listener. See how it works? Kind of weird, huh? Uh, one friend down here, one friend, acquaintance. The guy's in his late 70s. And I like to, he's, except for being a male, he's kind of like the Black Widow. Because he had several wives and they, he's been married more than, I think at least three times. And two of his wives passed away while they were married. So I only think he may have had one messy divorce. But then he comes to me. He's in the late 70s. And he's not one of those guys that you see down in South Florida that is late 70s. Could be look like they're in their 50s. Maybe. He's in his late 70s. Look like he could be in his early 80s. Still, it was a pleasant looking guy, I guess, when he was younger and stuff like that. But he... He shows me this picture of this woman and contacts him from Columbia who looks to be about 30 and very well put together, attractive. And he says, Jim, this girl, can you? And he started asking me, you're a notary. Can you do a wedding? And I said, yeah. And I go, 
oh wow I, I haven't met this person you're, you're already in a relationship well and then he shows me a picture of this Colombian woman he's never met before and he, she says she's in love with me blah 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 and they go okay this 30 something less than half your age you know who let's say 10 years ago well 10 years 8 years ago 22 8 years ago she was one third your age. One third, total one third. Not one third less than her age. One third is eight. So if he was 66, then, right? Follow the math. And she says she's in love with you, never met you. Do I think it's real? No, I don't think it's real. And I don't think you're going to need me to do the wedding thing. And, you know, if they come here, you know, you get, enjoy it for. You know, maybe it's worth getting married. If you find out all the legal things, like you're able to get a divorce right away and she doesn't take all your money and clean out your retirement. That may be fun. You know, you get a couple months out of it. That may be well worth it. I didn't say that to him. I just said, be careful. It doesn't look legitimate. Years ago, it would be, you know, my one of these girls who's around, you know, close to 300 pounds saying, I got, a, you know, an email from a Nigerian prince who wants to wants me to keep 500,000 in my bank account. So I'm going to give him my bank account information. I'm like, I would say, don't do it. It doesn't look kosher. Okay. So, and, and this is on the internet. It's funny. Some people down here are shaky questionable reputation without doing something weird so let's you know let's all hope for the best for my friend there and I'm not going to say their name I, I think I didn't give any clues but be careful around there this is Jim the Keys bartender be careful with any unsolic- unsolicited uh, romantic uh, things you know who knows uh, thank you for listening I'll be back uh, maybe later bye <laughs>